1: Titans fans, I said at the top of the show that we have a special guest. On today and I'm ready to bring him on here as you see it is Dave Schofield from the behind the steel curtain blog part of the SB Nation umbrella. I I honestly think you guys are one of the best sites out there for football content that's specifically focused on a team going through some of the content today. I mean some of the film articles all the stuff that you guys do. I know you got a lot of podcasts yourself so really good work out there if you're a Titans fan that wants to get yourself more acquainted with the Steelers. One of the film breakdown articles even referenced some Titans film and and used some film to discuss how the Titans play. So that's some really good stuff. Make sure you check that out. If you're a Steelers fan who's checking out the show and you aren't on the Behind the Steel Curtain site, what are you doing? I have no no other questions for you other than that. So make sure you check it out. But definitely big thanks to Dave for coming on the show and helping us out here with a little bit of a void in the schedule that we had. Dave, I'm ready to talk about this game. And it's a really big game, and I think both teams have a chance to win. I know the Steelers' season hasn't been as pretty as it's been uh, in, in seasons past, but they're still right in the thick of it and coming off a game that they didn't win against Minnesota, but they definitely got some positive momentum at the end of that game so I guess my first question for you is just what's the vibe around the team right now what's the fan base feeling like and what are you thinking this Steelers team could potentially accomplish
0: well the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base I have to say they are used to excellence they are you know you hear the narratives of all Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season as head coach going back to 2007 they don't care they don't care they want to playoffs they want playoff wins they want championships so almost kind of they're just like no you, this team is not at all what they expect it to be right now with their expectations actually with a lot of the fan base that had low expectations with this team coming in um, having to play a lot of young players starting tons of rookies and things like that that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't usually do mm-hmm. but because of that there's it They are so night and day. Uh, This team, you never know which Steelers team is going to be showing up, not even from game to game, but even half to half and quarter to quarter. If you watch that game on Thursday, Mm -hmm. you saw it. That team stunk it up for 40 minutes and then had a furious comeback in the last 20. And it's just, you can't maintain that if that's what you're wanting to do in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, I hear you. And just from my, you know, obviously I'm not diving into the Steelers tape every week (laughs) like I do with the Titans and things like that. But it seems like a team that maybe doesn't have the talent, you know, you're talking about starting some rookies and things like that, doesn't have the talent that they normally have, but they're still well coached. So they can kind of ramp it up and have those good moments, but the talent doesn't allow them to do that overall. Would that be somewhat of a fair evaluation?
0: I love that evaluation um, because that is the evaluation for most of the NFL. I just wish Steelers fans would listen to that evaluation because the way they think of it is that the all the problems with this team is the coaching. All the coaching is letting him down. That's oh, it's insane. all about the coaching. Oh, someone gets injured. We got to fire the strength and conditioning coach because there's an injury. You know, it's. I I wish other, I wish Steelers fans would listen to what other teams have. They've been there. You know, these two franchises, in my opinion, have two fantastic coaches. Now, I don't know how much the Titans, how much they like their coach. I think, you know, former Pittsburgh Steelers third round draft pick, Mike Vrabel, I love as a coach. Yeah, I think he's great. But the problem is, is so many times when you're so tied into your own team, you get so caught up and don't, and don't always see the big picture. Mm -hmm. I think that's spot on the, the talent, especially the depth, like whenever TJ Watt goes out of a game, the Steelers lose. Whenever TJ Watt does not play in the game, the Steelers lose when Mm -hmm. TJ Watts coming back from an injury and not quite himself, the Steelers lose when TJ Watts playing full strength, the Steelers have won. The only, the only exception is the tie, which I count as a loss. So when, right. when you look at things like that, you're just like the talents there, but there's, you can't expect to have another TJ Watt waiting behind him to come right. on the field when it's over. So this, I mean, the Steelers have a lot of young players with that dreaded P word in potential, you know, cause all potential means is that you haven't done it yet. Yeah, um, exactly. But I mean, players like Najee Harris and Pat Freiermuth that are that are becoming huge pieces in the Steelers offense and mm-hmm. they're still in their rookie season that's not normally how the Pittsburgh Steelers operate I mean starting two rookie offensive linemen all season it's 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 been a very interesting year from that standpoint
1: well, we'll hit on the offensive line and how that kind of manifests in the numbers, but uh, you talk about T.J. Watt and his uh, you know, absence when he plays, his health issues. If you could, what, what's kind of the injury vibes around the Steelers right now? I know that Watt was hurt in that game, but there's some optimism there. Uh, who are you concerned about from an injury standpoint, and who's kind of on the fence right now to play?
0: Well, of course, T.J. Watt is the one everyone's paying attention to. He did practice in the first practice of the week. It was limited. You don't – you know, the what, the fact that it was limited – and the Steelers were—they were—it was a fully padded practice. They don't always have them, but since they had the extended time, they—they they definitely um, said they were going to be putting the pads on on Wednesday. So people that are coming back from injury, you know, maybe they don't do everything. So he was limited as long as that progression's there. And the other outside linebacker for the Steelers, Alex Highsmith, he left that game early. They were left with none of their starters. Uh, he was limited as well. But honestly. Joe Hayden has not played for the Steelers in four games. He only played, I think, nine snaps against Detroit before he was injured. The Steelers are one and three since he's been out. They've only won one game since 2017 when Joe Hayden's been out of the lineup. And he, once again, did not practice in the first practice. So um, when those corners kind of get bumped, you know, hey, you're the number two corner and then you have to bump up to one and three is two. You see a big difference in there when someone like that's not in the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the Titans team, that literally the only wide receiver of any concern for most teams is going to be Julio Jones. You want to at least have Joe Hayden to... Match up with him, so that is something to watch going forward. But we are going to talk more about the actual on field product, talked about kind of the vibe around the team, talked about the injury situation to continue this. Titans-Steelers primer conversation on a Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Thank you for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. We just talked about kind of the vibe around the team and the fan base, the injuries, but now I want to talk about some on-field things like the rushing attack for the Steelers. As long as we've known the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have been a run-the-ball defense first team, but now they're really struggling running the ball, and it's surprising because Najee Harris is playing pretty well, doing a pretty good job for a rookie, but they're only the 28th best rushing attack in the NFL averaging 88.4 rushing yards per game. What is going on up front that is preventing the Steelers from being that typical run dominant
0: team that we're used to? Well, it's, the the Steelers last year started off the the season hot running the ball and then completely fell off and ended up in the bottom two in the league. It it really all starts in the trenches. The Steelers are struggling on the offensive line. They only returned one starter from last season. Uh, then David DeCastro was the the whole thing with him and his offseason surgery, and the Steelers had to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, that that it, it's taken a long time to come together, and then they're. Their most promising lineman coming into the season, Kevin Dotson. He's missed the last four games. He's on IR. Don't know if he's going to get to come back from his high ankle sprain or not. But this team, at times, they come together and you see that cohesion, and they can and they can get push on the run game, and they can protect Ben Roethlisberger. And at other times, it's just kind of a mess. It's they're 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 so young. They, I would say, they need the time to really be coached up during the week, to be ready for everything that's thrown at them. They didn't have that time going into Thursday night. Hopefully with the three extra days that the Steelers have had, they can kind of get that offensive line together, but they still don't know exactly who's going to be there at left guard. Cause I think they've they're on their either fourth or fifth starter for the season at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, that's completely understandable. The Titans don't have a bunch of rookies up front and don't have a bunch of upheaval. They have, four starters from last year and the guy who's the fifth starter has been in the organization and they still can't pass protect at all so that's definitely (laughs) something to worry about for the Titans I wanted to move I guess to a defensive question for you one thing that that I've noticed for the Steelers is they have a minus two turnover margin right now which is 21st in the NFL and Typically what I've come to see from the Steelers is they're going to be a heavy turnover defense. What do you think is preventing them from taking the ball away from opposing offenses this year?
0: Well, bottom line is, is they haven't been able to stop the run when you can't stop the run. You're, I mean, it's so much easier to get those takeaways in the passing game, whether it, right. you know, un- unleash that furious pass rush, get the strip sack in the backfield um, or, you know, getting the interception or the tip the ball or things like that. And the Steelers, I mean, Just to give you some perspective, through the first five weeks of the season, they were the numbered, they were ranked ninth in the NFL in rush defense. They were in the top 10. Right now, they are 30th. They have given up. Crazy amounts of rushing yards. I mean, they gave up 205 rushing yards to Dalvin Cook alone on Thursday night. Coming off of an injury, they are getting gashed. They are dealing with injury. I mean, Cam Hayward's trying to do everything that he can and do it all for the interior of that defensive line, and he just can't get it done. And when teams can just run on you at will, which in this matchup, the Steelers' poor rush defense and the Titans' great rush offense... That's a strength on weakness, weakness matchup that's really got to be concerning to Steelers fans because the Steelers it just seemed like there's they've got holes everywhere. Their linebackers are getting caught up by offensive linemen because their front their their front five are not absorbing those blocks. They're they're trying to run away from TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and run up the middle. It's overly concerning, and if you can't stop the run game, it makes it very difficult to get those splash plays that you do as a defense.
1: Yeah, you don't get as many third and longs. You can't pin your ears back. You can't bring your dime personnel on the field and get more speed on the field to create those turnovers. You're right. It's all kind of a domino effect. Well, Dave, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to get you out of here on this. <laughs> How frustrated is the fan base with Chase Claypool? What the heck is he doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, every it's so funny because Claypool downplayed the whole thing. You know, I know oh, right? I just came up and signaled it. Everyone is because even though you if you go back and look at the film it was it was one of the the Vikings players came in and ripped the ball away you know it should have been a delay of game they should have stopped it but if he doesn't come up and signal that first down he doesn't even have a chance to get in there and do that right. um it's just kind of one of those things that he needs to grow up and grow up fast um he's not a lost cause but he definitely needs to get it together mo- moving forward because he had a great game from right. from snap to whistle. It was all the other things beyond that, you know, the 15 yard penalty for putting his finger in someone's yeah. face. And it's just things like that, that that can kill a kill a drive and just ultimately lose you games that you I'm not putting that loss on what happened with Claypool at all, but I'm just right. saying those little things can add up and put you in a bad situation. And uh he's just he's got to come through it and uh we'll see if he does or not.
1: Yeah, well, I, I personally, if it were me and the Titans coaching staff, I would be telling my defensive backs to to talk trash to him, to be extra physical and see if you can bait him into doing something dumb. But as a person watching the team, that has to be just super frustrating.
0: Do, do I have time to turn one of those around on you a little bit? Sure, sure, go ahead. How, how are the Tennessee Titans feeling about their big acquisition of Bud Dupree?
1: Uh, So... <laughs> Uh, So I said when Bud Dupree went on IR that it's basically Jadavia and Clowney all over again, and people got mad because Mm -hmm. there's just this terrible taste in people's mouths from Clowney, but the reality was, I was saying, yeah, the guy's productive when he's on the field, and the Titans are worse when he's not on the field and he's a big money player who can't stay on the field. Yeah. But the reality is the, the silver lining, obviously there has to be disappointment with paying him so much money and then him being hurt as much. But when you sign a guy to a big money deal off a torn ACL, what are you going to get? You know what I mean? So to me, this was expected, but the reality is the Titans defense is nasty. When Bud Dupree plays, like it, it totally takes the defense up. To another level when he's out there, like with the Steelers, he's a force multiplier. Like when he, of course, T.J. Watt and Hayward are the studs. Or mm-hmm. two, it was the stud last year. Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry are the studs. Denico Autry has been a stud, but when you add Bud Dupree to that, now it becomes, in my opinion, the best front four in the NFL this year when when they have that together. So. Bud Dupree has, yes, in my opinion, and I think I'm one of the more negative people covering (laughs) the team about Bud Dupree, pretty disappointed with all the time that he's missed, but he's off off IR, he's into his practice window, his 21-day practice window, Mm -hmm. and if he can get out there and he can produce for the back half of the season in the playoffs – Like with Julio Jones, who's missed a lot of time, if you produce when it matters, the Titans have made it this far without those guys for a lot of the season. If they can come through when it matters the most in December and January and maybe even February, I think all sins will be forgiven. But Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. A great question there to finish things off. Again, guys, go check out Dave's work. Go check out the Behind the Steel Curtain site. Uh, Where can they find your work? Where can they exactly find you on Twitter and, and anything you want to promote?
0: Uh, yeah, you can find it's behind the steelcurtain.com. That's pretty simple to get to through, through the through the website. If you go and want to find any of our podcasts, go anywhere you can anywhere you get podcasts, you know, Apple Podcast, um, Stitcher, things like that, and just search Steelers. We're gonna be one of your top options right there for behind the steel curtain. Our Twitter account is BT Steel Curtain, that you can find us there. But I'll Almost every one of our podcasts also has an article on the on the website. You could go right there. you can listen to it um, in a player right in the article. Um, we've got a, a a large staff bringing you multiple uh, viewpoints, not just from the editorial standpoint behind the but on the podcast as well. We even have, you know, international flavor. We have two Australians that do um, uh, a podcast for us. It's uh touchdown under, um, it's a, it's a great <laughs> podcast that we have there. Great. So we have all, it's not just a few of us. It's, it's a whole team that, that brings you as much Pittsburgh Steelers content as we can. So if you're interested in that, just make sure you check us out.
1: Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on a little bit of a scheduling snafu and you really saved the show and saved me. So I appreciate <laughs> that, but, uh, thank you so much. And maybe we'll talk to you again down the line.
0: Hey, it would be great to see each other in the playoffs if we can get there.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>